On this episode, we share our must-watch holiday movies and shows that get us in the Christmas spirit each and every year from Disney Plus and beyond. Today's December 19th, 2023. This is episode 627 of the Main Street Magic Podcast. Jeremy and Rhonda are more than a little fond of Disney World, so they made this podcast to share it all with you. Reports and resorts, top 10 lists of all sorts, Main Street Magic's bringing it home for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Main Street Magic. I'm your host, Jeremy Stein. In just a few moments, I will be joined by my lovely wife, Rhonda, for a rewind episode. But first, make sure you check us out on the web at mainstmagic.com, as well as follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at mainstmagic. If you've not done so already, head out to Facebook and search for the Main Street Magic community and ask to join. Then if you go ahead and hit that subscribe button, you get brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. If you're planning that trip to Disneyland or Walt Disney World, it can be overwhelming and at times just downright frustrating. But don't worry because Mouse Dining removes the frustration of booking Disney dining reservations, alerting you when they spot availability for your desired restaurant, date, meal, and time. Visit msmfriends.com to use this free service. So tis the season to be merry. It is also the season to be very, very busy. Uh, we're coming off of a crazy weekend where some of our best friends um, got married and we got to be a big part of the wedding festivities, which were Thursday all the way through Sunday. So we did not get a chance to sit down and record, but we have a rewind or throwback episode from last December where Rhonda and I talked about must-watch holiday movies and shows that get us in the Christmas spirit each and every year from both Disney Plus and beyond. So we hope you enjoy this episode from last year, which applies pretty much to this year as well. Here you go. So what are we going to talk about today then? We're going to talk about the Disney Plus series. Well, not well that probably too, but just Disney Plus movies of Christmas and just all things Christmas. Yeah, and for for us, I I, I think there's certain movies each year that we have to watch around Absolutely. the holiday season. And aside from Disney, that would be National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, mm-hmm. The Grinch, of course, yes. Jim Carrey's version. We absolutely love. Um, I'm trying to think of some other. I like A Christmas Story. I know mm-hmm. you're not very keen on it. I still it's need to watch weird. A Christmas Story Christmas, the new one. And maybe I was thinking maybe tonight when we get home from our uh, movie, we could possibly, if we have time, watch Spirited with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds on oh, um, see that. Apple Plus. That's a lot of movie, man. It is. So, well, <laughs> so we're recording on Thursday. What is our holiday family movie that oh we're going goodness. to see in theaters on its opening night tonight? So. Before I say the name, I am going to preface it that this is my daughter, Kaylin's, like, she must see. She was like, I want to see it the night it comes out. And, you know, movies like release on Friday, technically, but then I guess they always come out the night before, which is on Thursday night. We are going to see Violent Night. Yes, you did hear me correctly. (laughs) Violent. As this is rated R. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it is um it's got Hopper from Stranger Things. David Harbour. So he's so good. Red yeah, Guardian himself. Yes. So I'm excited because I love him. He's been so good in all the things I've seen lately. And with that being said, I'm excited to see him, but I'm nervous. Like rated R. Like Yeah. It's I'm I mean, not a gory person. Lacey's super excited. She She's is. 12, so we can definitely let y'all know. Yeah, we'll let you know how it is. How it I, is. I'm actually really excited for it. I just I was watching the trailer again yesterday. I forgot that John Leguizamo is kind of the lead bad guy. He's always really good. And so I'm excited for it. I just think it's funny. Like That's going to kick off really our, our holiday season is to go see Violent Night. Um, so that'll be fun. But just to interject here, this is uh, modern day present Jeremy back again real quick. Uh, do want to let you know that our family absolutely loves Violent Night. Uh, it is a very gory movie. Uh, would not recommend it for younger children for sure. Um, but we now watch this all the time. We've seen it four or five times this year. It instantly became a holiday classic for us. Despite the violence, it has a ton of heart and a really, really good story. So you may want to check it out. Yeah, of course, outside of Disney, we're huge Hallmark movie channel. Of course. Uh, that stays on fans, in my yeah. room at work all day long. Oh, I'll put it on here at the house sometimes, like not in my office, but out in the living room. And I can just walk in and out and just catch up. But And I don't know that there's any like must-see ones every year, 
pretty much all of them we enjoy uh, watching. Three Wise Men and a Baby. That would be a new must see. That is, um, that's a pretty good one. I love that one. And same with the Haul Out the Holly is a new one this year. We really, really enjoyed. I think <laughs> that will go that on the yearly cute. list. Um, another one outside of Disney that I absolutely love with Tom Cavanaugh is Snow. Yes, you do. That we have not watched it yet this year. Uh, it's a tough one usually to track down. I can't remember where we usually find it. If we've had to rent it each year, or if it's available on like an Amazon Prime. Um, but so those are some of the ones outside of Disney Plus that I think are a must. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation being probably number one. Elf, oh, of yeah. course. Yep. Um, absolutely love that. In fact, The Grinch, Jim Carrey's The Grinch, I think is our go-to every year as we, we are. Wrap presents, um, no, usually. as we're unpack. Well, as we're unpacking. The, all our stuff down oh, from the yeah, attic yeah, yeah, and putting yeah. it out. And then a lot of times it's our go-to on Christmas Eve yes. when we are wrapping all the presents up until like midnight, um, which will change this year because we got to get that all, all done wrapped. ahead of time yeah. yeah. since we'll be heading to Disney for that. But so today's episode, though, is going to focus on um, our favorite Disney Plus holiday movies and shows. Uh, mm-hmm. There are going to be a lot that we're probably not going to list, so you feel free to yell at us or go ahead and, and tell us that we missed them. A um, couple honorable mentions we'll start with. Um, I'm going to mention the Star Wars uh, Lego Christmas special. I personally was not a giant fan of it, so it doesn't make our list. Yeah. Um, but some things that are on the honorable mentions, uh, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, outstanding. Uh, I'll be home for Christmas with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Of home improvement oh, yeah. fame. This is this is a great one to watch. Ernest saves Christmas. Oh my goodness! Um, I have actually never seen this movie. I don't think I have either. It is on Disney Plus, and I know it, it is, is year after year a classic for many many people and a must watch. And that's Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. I know people are yelling at us right now. I know. I've, I've never seen it. Maybe we should watch either. it this year. Yeah. Why don't we try? We still haven't seen it. That- We've got. Today's December first. We've got, and this comes out obviously tomorrow, December second. So we've, we've still got. I'm looking twenty days. We've got some days we could. Not many though. Not many. Not many at all. Um, There's a lot of Disney holiday specials that I highly recommend. Uh, This year, 2022, there is the magical holiday celebration. Um, We have the Disney holiday sing along. Decorating Disney holiday magic is, I think, a must watch. Oh, that's cool. Shows you really how they transform. The parks, specifically Magic Kingdom, uh, basically just overnight. And then if you go to Disney Plus and you go to the collections area, there is a holiday collection. Mm-hmm. And that will also show you all of the like, you know, Disney Channel shows that had um, a Christmas episode throughout the years or, you know, a Phine- like a Phineas and Ferb one mm-hmm. or Jesse, things like that. And those are a lot of, you know, times fun to watch. But none of these are must for us like these. If we get to them, we get to them. But I feel like the holiday goes on if we don't watch these. Yeah. So let's get into the stuff that we absolutely have well, to you, watch every year. Do you have mine on here first? Like, because this would be my men- honorable mention. What is Rise that? of the Guardians? Yeah. No. Well, that would go under. That's not a Disney right. movie, but that would go. Yes, that would go okay, in our um, outside of Disney pluses, along with all the other ones for all sure. Right, that's mine. Then. I forgot about that one for I sure, love and that I love one. it. We ha- that's we better start. You might have to start making a list of what we haven't watched. Checking yet. it twice. Yeah, and checking it twice. Good call, babe. Well, let's go on to the first one, which is the newest one, and we just watched this the other night with the girls. This we were super, super excited good. to watch it. Uh, what are we talking about? The rise, look, I'm trying to say the rise of the Guardians, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special 2022. We're looking for the legendary Kevin Bacon. We're looking for the legendary Kevin Bacon. I just said that, Drax. If your voice is small and mousy, I think maybe he didn't hear you. So uh, while Kevin Bacon is home uh, and he's watching Santa Claus Conquers the Martians in which Santa is kidnapped and taken to outer space, which is exactly what happens to Kevin Bacon in this. Mm-hmm. What, what did you think overall? This is a super good short. I guess you could call it almost of a show. 45 minutes yep. long. Yep. Um, yeah. Super, super good. I teared up a little bit. So did Kaylin. Very heartwarming. It is just really great. Yeah. Um, I love how they have. And if y'all haven't seen it, please watch it because y'all should. Yeah. And then. If you don't want to hear this, skip ahead. But I love how they have the cartoon of Yondu in the beginning. And just, I I love how there is, um, I won't say it, but there is something that kind of spoil, can be a spoiler for some people if you haven't seen it already. So 
Anyways, I just, I, I really liked it. I'd like to put it on again, actually. Yeah. I thought its only fault was that it wasn't long enough, to be honest. Okay. So to me, it felt rushed at times, um, but was very, very good. Like I could have, I could have taken another 15, 20 minutes to expand a little story. Mm, yeah. I would just, I assume that Kevin Feige just said to James Gunn, like James Gunn came in and said, I'm going to do uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. And Kevin Feige was just like, don't even tell me the plot. Just do it. Because there, I can't imagine sitting down at a table in a boardroom with the Marvel crew and pitching. So here's the idea. Uh, Peter Quill misses Christmas on Earth. So Drax and Manus are going to kidnap Kevin Bacon and bring him as a present. Like that was the the elevator pitch that got signed off on. And yeah. I'm so glad it did. Yeah. Because it's absolute insanity. Yeah. It's uh, amazing. From the opening song number, which oh, I think yeah. is now going to be a classic Christmas song for me. To, yeah, the, even going back and going, um, so there's going to be flashbacks and it's going to feature Yondu and a young Peter Quill and, and about Christmas and all. And they're like, oh, that's great. You know, let's, when are we going to film that? No, no, no. It's going to be a cartoon. Like what? Yeah. I, it just, this was absolutely bonkers from beginning to end. And, and I loved everything about it. And Kevin Bacon is now part of the MCU. Oh Lord. I actually do want to, like, this is one of those where I know at the end of it, I don't know that it lived up to the hype, but then as you reflect back on it and you think about it, you're like, oh, that part was really good. Oh, I remember yep. that part. Oh, that part was fun. Yep. I like in the character development that they give Drax and Mantis is really, really good. Oh my really goodness. Good. I love that. Um, and, and we find out, I mean, another skip ahead if you want spoiler alert, not the main one that Rhonda was talking about, is um, we see how Peter got his blasters. Oh, which is really cool. Yeah, that was cool. And it, it was it was super heartwarming when yeah. Peter Quill walks out and they start lighting everything up and they, it just it really was like it he was did, very yeah, touching. He did good. Yeah. For for having very limited Chris Pratt time yeah. and Rocket time and the very weird looking now is this a what what age what is, Groot is this? Yeah, I don't know. He's still a child they say. Uh, yeah, like a teenager now. It was a little bit No, odd he's looking. not he's not teenagerish. Okay. Preteen I think because when he was teenagerish, he looked more adultish, but yeah, they that's called what I him This one's more like I'd say this one's more toddler. But that wouldn't find the timeline because this takes place between Love and Thunder and Guardians 3. Is when this actually takes place in the well, how, timeline. Well, how big was it? He was in a pot, man. No, but we got we got teenage Groot, who was playing on the the like Game Boy the whole time. In what was that in game? Oh uh, yeah, you that's remember? What I mean, so that's why I feel like we went back. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, the Groot was a little bit weird, but yeah. still, this is I definitely think something we're gonna have to watch every single year, and I would totally sit down and watch it again. I said <laughs> I wouldn't. I said this was probably a one Mm-mm. once a holiday season nah, for and me, I said... and now I disagree with myself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think it's really really good. All right, so next we're going to so here's what we did with a couple of these is we lumped them together a little bit. Because for example, if we go into our next one, there are three different versions of this yeah. that we well, two of them I truly love or two of them that Rhonda truly loves. I like all three of them. Yeah. Um but in general, we are talking about a Christmas carol and the different renditions and what is the first one we want to talk about, which I think is probably my favorite of the three. I think so too. Mine actually is a Dis- Disney's A Christmas Carol, 2009. Who are you? Ask me who I was. Who were you then? In life, I was your partner, Jake Marley. <sighs> can you sit down? I can. Do it then. Of course, this is the Robert Zemeckis version starring none other than Jim Carrey. Yeah, uh, Jim good. Carrey not only played Scrooge at all various stages of his life, he also played the ghost of Christmas past, present, and yet to come. And while this may have been mainly due to Carrey's wide range as a physical and voice performer, it might also be seen as Scrooge teaching himself to be a better man. Oh, that's kind of cool. This is uh, one of the creepiest holiday movies ever but in like a really good way oh, like yeah. this whole marley scene yeah when his his jaw detaches from his face mm-hmm. and he's trying to take like tape it back up on it i mean this is like so much scary for young it is kids a little bit. i think so i would think yeah i mean like, but you go back to and it's all this motion capture that i think lends to it where it both gives it a quality but it also makes it a little bit creepy just like we didn't mention earlier 
add it to the list we haven't watched yet this season of Polar Express. Oh, I love that. We love That's not Polar creepy. Express. I don't know. It can be a little creepy. It's not creepy. Those, those the faces. You're and creepy. it's like, it's almost too human. Nuh-uh. You don't think so? No. I don't know, man. There's something about it. Tom it gives Hanks. me the heebie-jeebies. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Tom Hanks is so good in it. Um, oh, it's so good. This is, yeah. I mean, this. I just think this is such a good version. Uh, it sticks very much to the original Charles Dickens novel, yeah. where a lot of other versions will veer off from that some. If you go read on IMDb, go read the trivia on this, and there are so many parts that are exact to the novel where other renditions and versions, I think, you know, just weren't as perfect. Yeah. of a fit you know what i mean yeah and so uh we have not yet watched this one this year i'll be honest as much as i love it and it is kind of a must watch it's t- sometimes it's hard to get around to watching yeah I think you truly have to be in a mood for this one yeah 100 percent. this isn't a, a a grinch a um yeah. a, a vacation where you just put it on and you're like all right, I don't have to sit and really like focus. And I feel like you need to focus with this one. And you yeah. really want to watch it because the story, I mean, of course, A Christmas Carol story is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I love the actually Hallmark one where they have the, it's it's not really a Christmas story like thing, but it does have the ghost of present, past, That was a future. really good one. It was really good. It was on again in my work and I was like, I this is a really yeah. good one. The, the one of the ghosts is Carl Winslow from Family Matters, right? Yeah. Are you talking about that one? Yep. Yeah. That is yep. actually a really good it's one. It's a really, the really bald good lady. one. She's not bald. Well, she, she has really her head sh- shaved. She's like, got really short hair. She is hysterical. She is. I do but, remember I can't remember what it's called, but it is a very, very, very good one. I think it was it new uh, this year or last year? I feel like it's no, pretty I think recent it's new as well. This year. Um all right, what is our next version of a Christmas Carol? Mickey's Christmas Carol, 1983, and it's only 26 minutes long. Tell me, spirit, what's wrong with that kind lad? Much, I'm afraid. If these shadows remain unchanged, I see an empty chair where Tiny Tim once sat. Then that means Tim will... Where did they go? So this is the first Walt Disney Studios produced Christmas Carol. Uh, the second was a Muppet Christmas Carol, and the third was the Jim Carrey animated version. And this is also the first version of a Christmas Carol that animals are used instead of humans. Oh, and if you do yeah. not at least tear up during that scene, you are not a human. You are an animal. <laughs> I, this, this version is so good. It's told so perfectly in yeah. such a short amount of time. Yes. And it's absolutely heartwarming. Oh, yeah. And I love it. I love Mickey and Minnie and everybody and Scrooge McDuck and just I I love it all. He's so good as Ebenezer Scrooge. I mean, it's Scrooge McDuck. And, you know, Minnie uh, never speaks as Mrs. Cratchit throughout this entire 26 minutes. It's another little little bit of trivia for us. Okay. But yeah, this is just so good. And this is one where if you don't have an hour and a half or two hours to sit down and watch a full length Christmas Carol movie. Right. This this again, like I said, I don't know how they fit so much story so well into this. And oh man, the ghost of um the Christmas yet to come as Pete. Yeah. Like again, it's it's kind of dark and it's a Mm -hmm. little bit scary. Like anything Mm. where you're when he's in the grave. Like he's literally in the grave as Pete is throwing dirt on top of him, smoking that huge cigar. Again, Mm -hmm. something that I don't know that Disney could get away with today with the all new, you know, stylings of Mickey Mouse and all. Yeah, true. So we do have one final version that I had to put on the list. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Rhonda would include it. And what is that one? That is the Muppets Christmas Carol. This is 1992. Whoa, that's scary stuff. Hey, should we be worried about the kids in the audience? No, it's all right. This is culture. Oh, uh, jelly bean? Uh, I had them in my pocket all along. What? So the Ghost of Christmas Past effects were created by making a special puppet that was operated in a tank of water and then green screened into the movie to make it look like it was floating. That's interesting. You've never seen this, have you? Uh, I don't know. Look at Sir Michael Caine in it. Why would you not want to watch Sir Michael Caine act alongside puppets, who takes the role very, very seriously? which I think is incredible. And then you've got Rizzo and uh, Gonzo who are narrating the entire thing. And I know you're not a big Muppets fan, so that's okay. Would you watch some of this with me at least and just see how far you can get through it? 
Mm, maybe. Maybe. All right, maybe. we'll add it, add it to the list. Okay. We've not done much of anything yet this holiday season, considering we started November 1st. I feel like we have a whole lot. Uh, next, we are going to move on to two holiday specials. And this is from, and there's actually three or four more of these that aren't included in our list, but this is from the series Prep and Landing, starting with what? Prep and Landing, 2009. Rev up the engines. <laughs> yeah! 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 Reindeer, ready to roll. We are go for Partridge. So though uncredited, the voice of Mrs. Claus appears to be the voice of the late, great Betty White. I love cool. the I love the voice acting in this. You have Sarah Chalk, I just who I love Sarah from Chalk. Scrubs. Yep. You have Dave Foley, who plays Wayne, who was in Scrubs. So of yeah, course yeah. I love that. And he's a great voice actor. But I like anything, and, and we're going to get into uh, a couple of our ones that we have left over. Really cover this. I like anything that shows or explains um, how either Santa came to be or how he does what he does in one si- single evening, like. Mm-hmm. It's the background. It's behind the curtains of Santa. And I just think it's neat to say, all right, well, how does he deliver all these toys? You know, to have these elves that go in ahead of him that literally prep everything for him and get it ready so he can he knows where to land in a snowstorm yeah. on the roof. He knows uh, that he has to set these items specifically under the tree. And if the tree isn't trimmed properly, they trim it. And then he has room to put that bike, for example. Yeah. You know, I just I think it's such a neat like looking behind the scenes type thing yeah it is super cool and i loved that the they put this into the hollywood studios oh, I miss it. jingle bell jingle bam i miss that show so much i do too i really wish they had brought that back me too what is the second version of this that would come along the sequel if you will prep and landing naughty versus nice in 2011 i gotta be honest um I've been getting kind of a vibe over here. I'll tell you what's wrong with me. You! Me? What did I do? You take everything from me! I'm sick of you showing me up! I'm sensing a lot of pent-up hostility, Wayne! So when Grace is describing her shortened visit to a mall Santa, the one and only, you're going to love this, Rhonda, Ralphie Parker from A Christmas Story can be seen in line, casting a glance at the weird kid with goggles. I missed that part. Of course you did. You don't even know what Ralphie <laughs> looks like, do you? Yes, I do. When we go uh, around... Out, kid. There you go. When we go around the um, uh, block here, looking at Christmas lights, there's one house that has an inflatable Ralphie in his bunny suit out front on their porch. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. It's it's kind of cool. It's also a little bit creepy looking, but... Mm, I bet um, it is. This is the... I mean, this is a classic tale of kind of brother versus brother. Older yes. brother, younger brother. Uh, but again, the voice acting is done really good. They yep. now introduce Rob Riggle as Noel. Okay. Super good. Yeah, this one is cute. And it is a neat story between the brothers. And of course, always how it ends. But I do love the first one, obviously, much better. Do you? Yeah. I think I do as well. I, so. I, yeah, you're right. I mean, the first one was really focused so much, I think, on Santa and the magic of Christmas and all. And then this... You know, I mean, and this one turns into saying, all right, we've got this naughty kid who is very misunderstood Correct. and that's why she's naughty. Um, so it does have a nice heartwarming ending and the brothers make up and the kid is good and gets the presents and all that good stuff. Yes. Uh, spoiler alert, by the way, if you haven't seen this from 2011, then that's <laughs> on you. Yeah. Right, next, we're going to go to what I think is now a recent uh, classic, which has to be watched every year. And I'd like to watch it one more time this holiday season. What am I talking about? Noel. 2019. Oh, I like your pants. They're jolly. They're yoga pants, like yours. These are my yogurt pants. No, yoga pants. I love yogurt pants. So this filming actually began in 2017. The film was originally scheduled for a theatrical release. Uh, however, Disney decided to postpone the film and release along with the launch of their streaming platform, Disney Plus, in order to give the platform more value. Hmm. I don't know that it did that. Huh. Okay. I, I mean, I thought it was great. I love the story. I love how, you know, he Santa has two children and he the son that it's supposed to fall to doesn't want to. And but Noel, the girl, the daughter does. Yeah. It's I, so cool. I'd love to see a sequel of this where Noel is now Santa Claus. I mean, you know, and then she finds a Mr. Claus that, that could totally be it. <laughs> and, and almost those roles are reversed. But yeah, I think it's a really like unique story 
Um, it's extremely heartwarming and tear jerking at times, especially when she all of a sudden realized that she knows sign language. Oh, and the yeah. way what I love is that they set up in the beginning of the movie, they already put out all these little like Easter eggs that you're going to find later throughout the movie as you all of a sudden start going, wait, wait a second. Mm-hmm. You know, Bill Hader isn't, isn't supposed to be Santa like she is. And, right. And just the way that it all comes. It's very funny. I mean, yogurt pants is one of my favorite lines ever. <laughs> Anna Kendrick is yogurt. absolutely adorable. Oh, yeah. I think she's one of the most adorable human beings on the planet. Mm. I wow, love her. really love her. Over me, I'm not adorable. I said one of the most. I didn't say the only one uh, or number one. Uh-huh. Pitch Perfect, one of my all time yep. like favorite uh, guilty pleasure series trilogies. She's so good in that, and she's outstanding in this. She's just oh, cute. She she's is. adorable. She's funny. Bill Hader. Uh, is absolutely astounding as well. So I, I, and then I like that the cousin uh, is coming in and trying to like bring technology to the forefront. And he's like, well, uh, like you said, you know, well, if the male isn't able to take over Santa's role, the son, then it goes to the next male basically in the bloodline, which is this cousin. And he wants to take over everything with technology. And she's kind of like, well, why can't it be me? Right. It's just one of those. There's so many things in life that are done the way they're done because that's how they were always done. Right. And this kind of flips the entire thing on that and brings an entirely new story as well. Yeah. It's easy to make another Christmas carol. It's easy to make another, you know, comedy about a a family Christmas gone wrong or whatever. This is a truly original story. And while I don't think it gave Disney Plus uh, what they were looking for as far as, you know, I don't know how many people were subscribing to Disney Plus just for Noel. Right. Um, And... It's one of those that I feel like is never talked about, but when you bring it up, everybody loves it. Mm-hmm. I don't hear a lot of people that dislike this movie, so why is it not bigger and more popular? I would have loved to have seen this in the theaters. I don't know. All right, we're going to move on to our next one, which is a definite must-watch for us every year, and honestly, we watch it multiple times throughout the year as well. It's funny because, well, and we'll go ahead and say what we're talking about is Olaf's Frozen Adventure 2017. Now you lick his forehead and make a wish. Who's next? Elsa, you're up. Come on. Tastes like lichen. You're a princess. You don't have to saddle. And I was going to say before we were got into it that you used to watch this throughout the year. And I remember, and I love it so much, but then I remember going, no, no, I don't want to watch it. I want to wait till the Christmas season. Yeah. And then, yes, we watched it definitely... Multiple, multiple times, times numerous well, times it's you know it's under a half hour it's easily consumable it's something oh, yeah. you can throw on um i ended up trading this throughout the year with either once upon a snowman which is so well done yes or the olaf presents shorts see that one's better for me because this one's all about the christmas I know, and, and the, the traditions. traditions i will say that Disney has done such an incredible job with keeping this Frozen franchise going where I'm personally not sick of it yet. Oh, yeah. I'll take a Frozen 3 movie. I'll take another one of these shorts every year. I'll take a whole other series of uh, Olaf Presents. I'll 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 just take as much of this as I can get. <laughs> but the fact that they keep doing it and they keep writing really good storylines, mm-hmm. really good dialogue, uh, really good new songs, mm-hmm. including this one. I mean, that time of year might be you know, one of my favorite newest Christmas songs yeah. that's come out in the last yep. 10, 20 years. Um, what do you love so much about this short? I think I love all the different traditions and how people, because I mean, we have our kind of traditions and I mean, you know, that's what we're kind of talking about, like these movies and watching them and that's traditions. And then, you know, it's so weird because I, I asked Jeremy this probably a couple days maybe ago now and I was like oh my gosh we're not going to be here for Christmas and we always eat cinnamon rolls well he's eating cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning for so it's probably about t- at least 10. 10 so I think we and I then think since we started, we've been married yeah since we've been married so at least they're 16 I probably have been eating and we'd always did Cinnabon we started with um coffee cake I remember being really young. I think my mom surprisingly actually made a coffee cake and that was our like Christmas breakfast. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to, I think it was like Pillsbury cinnamon rolls out of the mm-hmm. can. And then when Cinnabon came mm-hmm. along or there was one near us, I think finally we got Cinnabons every year. I want to say from the time I was 10 until last year was the first time we did not eat Cinnabon cinnamon oh. rolls on Christmas morning but we made because you them. and the girls made them. The Gaston one from Ashley Cook's book. They were better. They were. They were better than they Cinnabon. They were so good. Yeah. Craft. Ashley Craft. Yes. I yeah. said Cook. <laughs> it was. Um, 
but it was yeah it was that was one of our traditions every year and and part of the tradition was even going to get the cinnamon rolls you know we'd go to yeah. a cinnabon and, and it became a tradition here because you remember the one year we went up to the mall where we had gotten them at the avenues year yes. after year mm-hmm. i went with my parents went with the girls and mm-hmm. it was closed for refurbishment yep and we hunted down a little cinnabon inside of a flying j gas station a few exits <laughs> down yep and that's what we got yep and so yeah i agree this this idea of these traditions um what's your what's your favorite before we get into this part, I did forget my little bit of trivia, which I found interesting. It says, when Olaf is given a sauna and a towel from Oaken, it's implied that he and his family are the first nudist family in Disney history, uh, given that Oaken walks back into his shop so casually without a towel. So we have our first oh, that's nudist weird. family. I didn't even think about that. At Disney. Huh. It is strange. What okay. is um, one of your favorite traditions? Christmas traditions? Um... I don't know. Like, I feel like, you know, always making sure that I cook something or bake something with the girls. I was going to say peppermint bark, I think, is a tradition, um, making that every year. I do feel like that, yes. Um, but then I'm like, how long have we been doing it? Has it kind of not been? Um, and I don't remember when I started doing this, but I ended up taking Christmas Eve off. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember when that started, but I feel like that's been now a tradition where if it's a... Monday, unfortunately, I'm off. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's um, it, yeah. Uh, It'll be. What's your favorite? Well, I mean, you know, the traditions can last, of course, throughout the whole holiday season. For me, I yeah, we always take a day and bake a bunch of stuff and make a bunch of cookies and peppermint mm-hmm. bark and stuff like that. Um, watching the Grinch mm-hmm. while we decorate the house, as well as we'll stop this year. Watching the Grinch while we stay up till all hours of the night, finishing wrapping presents because Praise God. that won't happen this year. I know you're happy about that. I am. Um, I need. To, I like my sleep. Yeah, I know you do. It, so, and this year we're gonna find out if traveling for Christmas will be a new tradition. We may decide after correct. going to Disney for Christmas that no, we want to be home, and, yeah. and then we may revert back to that, or we may decide. You know where I was possibly thinking of Christmas, twenty twenty three. Where Dollywood. Okay. Or would you be, or would you not want to do a theme park, and you'd rather just ha- find a place to relax and and not feel like you have to run around a theme park? I mean, obviously, it'll be up to the girls. Yes, but, probably right, that. Then, then, then we're back to possibly Great Wolf Lodge. Um, but back to Olaf's Frozen Adventure. I think this is Josh Gad at his absolute best in performing vocal for Olaf. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does really good in Olaf Presents. I, I think the range and everything he does there is outstanding. But this, from beginning to end, is so good. Mm-hmm. And it's Absolutely. It, it, the whole the whole show is funny. It's heartwarming. It's mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't fall in love with Olaf after this, then I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> All right, we're going to get into our next series. We're going to cover three movies out of this series where there are now, I believe, like six, seven total. Oh, my goodness. Um, we are talking about the worst parents in the world. Who consistently leave their child at home. Of course, this is Home Alone, starting with what? Home Alone in 1990. Morph! Harry? Why the hell did you take your shoes off? Why the hell are you dressed like a chicken? So this is interesting, and this little bit of trivia, and I just had this pop up on, I think, TikTok the other day, is the first time I saw this, and then it popped up when I was researching some trivia. Um, the picture that Kevin finds of Buzz's girlfriend was a picture of a boy made up to look like a girl. Uh, Director Chris Columbus thought it would be too cruel to make fun of an actual girl like that, so the boy that was used in the photo was art director Dan Webster's son. Oh, wow. That's really neat. That is cool. Yeah. Uh, This is touted as one of the most violent Christmas movies ever made. Like... it, it, it's shot. I don't know. I mean, We're about to go see Violent Night. This so. is true. Oh, no. Good point. That's probably going to overtake this one. But I mean, how do you how do you enjoy it's this movie? It's super cute. Yeah. It's super fun. I mean, these people are trying to steal from them because they live in this big giant house and they're robbers that, I, you know, they deserve it. Do we ever know what the parents did? Because that is a nice house. Yeah, I don't know. Now, it was the brother, though, that paid for the the nine people or ten people or whatever for a trip to Paris. So this is a well-off family. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're so you know they got some good stuff in there. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this Macaulay Culkin, I think this was a lot of people's first introduction to Macaulay Culkin. I think for me it was a year prior yeah, uh, with, um, in Uncle Buck with John uh, Candy. What about... um? The blue-eyed, the girl, the... My girl? Yeah, my girl. Uh, I believe that came after these. 
Um, I, I want to say, and I could be wrong, I feel like Uncle Buck was his first major role. My Girl was a year after this, 1991. Okay. But think about that. That's so had, when... Jim Macaulay Culkin. Okay, it was. This, this kid, right? It was 10 years old, I believe, at the time. Nine years old, maybe. Probably younger than that, even maybe a little bit younger. No, I think nine, he's 10, our I think. age. Now he is? Okay. So then... So in 90, he'd have been 10, 11, something like that. So... In 1989, he has Uncle Buck with John Candy. In 1990, he has an absolute breakout in Home Alone. Mm-hmm. In 1991, he does My Girl. Uh, and then let's go ahead and follow it up with the next on our list, which is... Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, 1992. What kind of hotel allows a child to check in alone? The boy had a very convincing story. What kind of idiots do you have working here? The finest in New York. So Macaulay Culkin was paid four and a half million dollars to star in this movie, uh, which is the biggest salary ever to an 11 year old at the time of filming um, for a child actor. Wow. But like That's I just amazing. said, all right, so amazing movie, 89 Uncle Buck, 90 Home Alone, 91 My Girl, 1992 he does Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. How, how do you how do you like this movie compared to the first one? Because I still think this is a really good movie, even though it's just like. Let's tell the exact same story, but let's just throw them in a city. Yeah, that's where I think it gets lost for me because I still love the original Home Alone. We watch that. I really like the part where he's ordered the pizza and then gets your no good keister off my property. Mm -hmm. And I I love that part. And then he's just, I, I don't know. I think for me... Home Alone is just the best one out of all these. And For then sure. Home Alone 2, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't know when the last time I watched it. It has probably been yeah. quite some years. Yeah. But I, I do remember it. And I like. I think it's very good. I don't know that it's a movie that should have been made two years later. First of all, child services should have been at the front door here. Okay. This is now twice. Within two years. Like, what did they do the Christmas in between? I mean, they obviously didn't leave him somewhere. We didn't get Maybe a movie in 91. Maybe they did. But I mean, first of all, you, you forgot your kid a second time within a three-year period. That's pretty rough. Um, yeah, I, I think this almost seems like, now obviously Macaulay Culkin's in it, Joe Pesci, you know, you have all these, Catherine O'Hare, they're all back. But this is, to me, the movie that could have come 20 years later where they said, all right, we're going to take that Home Alone idea. Now, Kevin is an adult. He is a parent. And guess what? He leaves his kid home alone. (laughs) And it's kind of either a retelling or a sequel or whatever, as opposed to going two years later. Oops. Yeah. Oops. They did it again. You know, like um, (laughs) I will say that scene that we played, though. I mean, you got Catherine O'Hare in it. You've got Tim Curry in it. Rob Schneider is so good as the snooty little bellboy. Yeah. I love Rob Schneider and stuff like this. Um, Now. We're going to move on to what I think will be the most unpopular opinion on this entire list. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm probably going to agree with you. And what is that? You, w- you <laughs> wouldn't have this on your list. Yeah, I don't think so. But it is Home Sweet Home Alone 2021. All right, so this is a little lengthy, but just stick with me because this is probably going to be most people's opinion. Uh, Chris Columbus, who's the director of Home Alone and Home Alone 2, uh, had the following to say when the topic of this reboot came up during an interview while promoting The Christmas Chronicles Part 2. Nobody got in touch with me about it, and it's a waste of time as far as I'm concerned. What's the point? I'm a firm believer that you don't remake films that have had the longevity of Home Alone. You're not going to create lightning in a bottle. It's just not going to happen again. So why do it? It's like doing a paint by numbers version of a Disney animated film, a live action version of that. What's the point? It's been done. Do your own thing. Even if you fail miserably, at least you have come up with something original. Thoughts, Rhonda? Because that just covered the entire genre of live action remakes with Disney animated films as he brings up that so many people aren't fond of and we happen to love dearly. Yeah, and that's where I think it just comes into play. I remember... When we sat down and watched it with Rob and Tina, because I think we actually, that's probably 
Well, I'm trying to remember, but maybe that is when the last time I watched Home Alone 2, because I think we watched Home Alone. I swear, I think we watched all of them. Yeah, we did like a, we're not counting Home Alone 3 and 4. I honestly don't know if I've seen Home Alone 3, 4 through whatever. Oh yeah, true. Many they made. I don't remember what we watched, but I do remember sitting down and watching this. And I, I don't know. I, I didn't, it was fine, but I didn't love it. And I don't. I watched it to say I watched it, but I don't care to watch it again, if that makes sense. he I, I watched it several times after we watched it. Okay. <laughs> I was shocked at how much I actually enjoyed it. Um, this is a retelling, but it is a continuation because of the fact that Buzz McAllister shows up as the police officer. So that it is funny. referencing mm-hmm. the original movies mm-hmm. and saying that it is within the same cinematic universe. Um I didn't expect it to be good, but L. Kemper and Rob Delaney absolutely stole the show. And I thought it was a really good switch on making these lovable robbers where you felt for them and and kind of throughout the movie, you're cheering for them. Like you almost want them to succeed. Mm -hmm. And there's this giant miscommunication of of what they're doing and why they're trying to break into the house. And you, you feel for them and they're hilarious. Their banter back and forth is absolutely hilarious i couldn't find the clip when they're slipping down the driveway but i like rewind it over and over again when the movie's on and i just i thought it actually did a really good job uh pete holmes who i have followed for years back in his days with college humor when he played the batman or was the bad man technically um if you have not seen those look them up on youtube do not do it anywhere near children just saying. <laughs> um, or if you're easily offended, do not look them up as well. But they're absolutely hilarious. And so it's neat to see him in it. I don't know. I really I enjoyed it. I think if you take L. Kemper and Rob Delaney's characters out and you possibly replace them with people that don't have the same chemistry or humor, it absolutely is a garbage movie. But they stole the show. And even the kid, I didn't mind. I, I didn't I didn't love him. He's no Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. I do think they could have gotten Maybe someone a little bit better for that role. Right. I don't know who it would be, um, but I enjoyed it, and I can watch it this Christmas season without you if you don't want to watch it again. Okay. Or maybe oh, you're just like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> you go do that. Uh, I'll go get my nails done. Um, would you watch it again, though, and see if you maybe have a newfound love? Um, Sure. What if this might be my white chicks? Oh, this might be Lord. the movie that you watch me watch okay. and you laugh at me laughing okay. at this movie, which okay. you don't find nearly as funny. Yeah. Oh man. We, I feel like we should have our Christmas movie card taken away from us for not mentioning one of your all time favorite non Disney oh, Christmas movies. Yeah. It's not Disney. It is not Disney. How what is, is it that? Not Disney? What is that one? Christmas with the cranks. Yeah. That is such a great movie. It is. You only introduced me to this a couple years ago and I will <laughs> never forget. I'd never seen it. And we flew to Boston in November for uh, one of my best friend's weddings. Uh-huh. And I guess it was four or five years ago now. Yep. And we were in the hotel room waiting and it started snowing outside a little bit. And this came on. Yes. And you were like, this is one of my favorite movies. And I was like, I've not seen it. And we watch. And just like white chicks, like I can watch you watch, watch this movie <laughs> because you laugh. It's Tim so Allen. Hard. Tim Allen is outstanding. He is. He's amazing. Well, if you like Tim Allen. And if you like Christmas, uh. we're going to end with our final, uh, originally a trilogy. It is now moving on to more than that. Woo-hoo. We're going to encompass the entire The Santa Claus Cinematic Universe. Okay. SCCU, right? Okay. S- yeah, SCCU, the Santa Claus Cinematic Universe. And what are we starting with first, of course? The Santa Claus, 1992. Scott, what was the last thing you and Charlie did? Before you went to bed Christmas Eve, we shared a bowl of sugar, some shots of brown liquor, played my shotguns, field dressed a cat, looked for women. I read him a book. What book? Uh, Hollywood Wives. Okay. Oh, give me a second here. Um, <laughs> so a little trivia on this before we get into the movie. Uh, for one week in November 1994, Tim Allen had the number one movie at the box office, the number one rated television show, which was Home Improvement, and the number one New York Times best-selling book, which was Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man. He has a book called oh, Don't course. Stand... What is it all about? It, it's all about Tim Allen. I don't <laughs> read books, so I can't tell you exactly. Um, I would read that, I, I bet think. you would. It's from I 90... It's him. from like 91... Or, or uh, I'm sorry. No, yeah, I think it's from 94, obviously, because that was the November of 94. That quote is probably one of my top five 
favorite movie quotes of all time, maybe my number one Christmas movie quote of all time. And I can quote the heck out of Christmas Vacation. Yeah, you can. But the field dress a cat part is what gets me every single time. And I absolutely lose it. Yeah. This, I will say, we kind of ranked these in a sense. Um, We're going to talk about some other Santa Claus movies, obviously, and stuff. I think this is my favorite Christmas movie ever. And 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 it would yeah. battle out with Christmas Vacation. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like that too. Like just the whole, all of them. Like, yeah. As a whole, I think so. Well, this is another of those like I was talking about with Prep and Landing, where it it just it shows it shows behind the scenes of Santa. Yep. Here's here's what the North Pole looks like. Here's how he delivers gifts. Here's right. how he preps. Here's how uh, here's how Santa goes from one Santa to another. And I just this is such. A good movie beginning to end for the entire family. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it I is. mean, you know, sweet. And this is, this is one of the, I guess, what do you call them? Trilogies mm-hmm. that I do want to watch the next one. Yes. I don't just go, mm, out of all of them, this is the one that I love the most. So you're saying there's another one? Yeah. Whatever is that one titled, Rhonda? This is The Santa Claus 2. In 2002. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Fill up a stocking. I spray on some flocking. Oh, Put up a tree. Free. Sports on TV. Uh, <laughs> I want to be free yet yeah, to feel the way I feel. Eh, 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 eh. Man, I feel like some Christmas. Oh, oh, oh. What, you hated it? It kind of scared me a little bit. So I remember uh, Santa finds out he has to get married or he will no longer be Santa Claus. Married. <laughs> That's a I love that line too. I do too. Uh, so he goes down to earth and they make this toy Santa. And at one point, the toy Santa that is trying to keep over the North Pole and trick all the elves thinking it's the real Santa says, you're a sad, strange little man, which of course is also used by Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear in 1995's Toy Story. And then of course, also when the toy Santa says, I think Santa feels a little buzz is from... Tim Allen playing Buzzier in Toy Story. So which <laughs> That's right, that was funny. Uh, which do you like better? We're, we're gonna still talk a little bit more about the Santa Claus, but which do you like better? One or two? Because two is really, really good. And I know. it might be my favorite. I know. I I love the part where he has to get married and he that's the whole the Santa Claus. Right. And it's super it's the cool. The Mrs. Claus. Right. The Mrs. Claus. And it just, I don't know. And I love her. Uh, what's her name? I know Elizabeth you, Mitchell. Yes. She's outstanding. She's and been she in Hallmark before. Uh, I agree. Um, I just love her. It, it just, it's just great. And, and I love Charlie in it. Mm-hmm. And he's older. I just, yeah. It's hard pressed to almost not call this one one of my favorite my favorite over yeah. all of them because of the sheer fact of the number one like puts in the motion of everything. Yeah. So, like I know I said I think the Santa Claus the first one might be my favorite Christmas movie yet the Santa Claus 2 might be my favorite of the Santa Claus movies which doesn't make sense because it should be my favorite Christmas movie but you don't get to see the start of it and I think that's what makes the original such a classic yeah um and yeah and to watch her turn from this you know kind of hard you know what principle to falling in love with Tim Allen's character who she then realizes or he tells her is Santa and she doesn't believe it and gets all mad at him and then Charlie brings her the snow globe and she sees it and it's like this is real and and the addition of believing yes. believing is seen well, in the addition of like the tooth fairy and you know father yeah. time who is played by peter boyle who originally played calvin uh, scott calvin's boss in the first one if you remember oh yeah and then ends up playing father time uh sandman mm-hmm. all of that i just it is such a good movie. judge very, reinhold very is amazing. rise of the guardians vibe yeah it does with all you gotta keep taking it back to rise of the guardians don't you mm. We're not done, though. We still have more. What is our next (laughs) out of this uh, was trilogy? Yes, it is the Santa Claus three, the escape clause, 2006. Start spreading the news by gentle, by slave. You want to be a part of it, North Pole, North Pole. 
So this is the only Santa Claus movie where Santa's head elf Bernard doesn't make an appearance. That's because the wonderful David Krumholtz wasn't available since his numbers schedule conflicted with the filming. Uh, because of this, the script was written with the returning character Curtis having taken over as the head elf. Yeah, this one. So I really liked the um, the whole point of it where they pull out it I think I've become to love this one over the years when I first saw it I thought all right they're just trying to round it out and make a number three it's kind of stupid but again you know I'm gonna bring up Rise of the Guardians again um Jack Frost is in Rise of the Guardians and it's super cool because the whole point of that movie with Jack Frost he is a he isn't bad. He is good and nobody really believes in him and it, it reminds me of this where he's the bad guy until he gets a really warm hug and they kind of believe that he can be nice and it just I don't know. I I've come to love this one more after seeing them all and I love how we got ready for what is coming next and we watched literally all three of them in one day yep and again seeing the santa claus three it it was really neat because it also is one of those things where you know santa's kind of like oh well maybe i wish i wouldn't have become santa yeah and then he was like you realize wait no like That'd be like me saying, I wish I never started this podcast or I wish I never was a hairdresser. Oh, my gosh. What would my life be like? I'd be like. Don't hold a snow globe while saying either of those. Yes. That's where you get in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, right. No, you raise a really good point because this movie does not function on its own. It, it, no, it, it, it is not. good as the trilogy as a whole. Correct. Like I would never just put this movie on. And if you've not seen one or two, you don't want to watch this movie. Like, but as you watch one and two and then you segue into this one, I think it's very fitting and it does make a lot of sense. Um, I have been well known in the past for uh, displaying my dislike of Martin Short. And I will say after he was on um, Smartless, one of my favorite podcasts, mm-hmm. it it made me really, really like him as not only a human being, but understand the characters he plays. He does a wonderful job as this version of Jack Frost that I yeah. know, don't know that anybody else could have pulled off outside of like a Jim Carrey. And they weren't getting Jim Carrey for Santa Claus 3, the escape clause, to uh-huh. be honest. So I think he did a wonderful job. I think it really does tell the story. And you're right. It shows what Tim Allen, Scott Calvin's basically Santa brought to the table as a whole. Yes. And that it is the person kind of inside that truly makes the magic and and everything. Because you look at what Jack Frost does. He turns everything into a business. Mm-hmm. It's all about money. Everybody's miserable, but they're still going to pay it. Imagine you're a little bit of Disney World lately. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's such a nod to that. It's almost like a precursor. Like they were looking forward, like, hey, this guy Bob Chapek is going to come over. Bob Chapek was basically Jack Frost. <laughs> and then he, he came needs in, a warm hug. Right. He does need a warm hug. Um, he's he's probably kicking his feet up on an island somewhere now for the rest of his life. But it really, you really have to watch the other two. What amazing to me is that we had the Santa Claus in 92. 10 years later is when they came out with Santa Claus 2. Oh, so good. Right? Then, four years later, they were like, all right, Santa Claus 2 was a success. People still like Tim Allen. This went well. We're going to have Santa Claus 3 in 2006. And then 30 years later, we would have pretty much everybody reprise their role. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, everybody. So so far, far, we, we got some surprises coming to a Disney Plus original series lasting six episodes what am I referring to, Rhonda? The Santa Clauses, 2022. You know what? I want to find out why this house isn't on the list. No. So we're just doing home invasions now? Come on. It's all good. Listen, it's better than good. It's fantastic. Never gets old. This actually tickles a little bit. So we just found out that Sandra, who is Scott Calvin's Santa Claus's daughter, is played by Tim Allen's real-life daughter, Elizabeth Allen. Oh, that's so 
cool. It really is. I really now want to watch the first. How many have we watched already? Four. So we are four, four out of six in. Um, that's how many have, have have come out so far. What do you What do you think so far? Because what were your expectations it. of this? And then what? How do you feel? I tried not to have any expectations, but I was super excited that obviously Tim Allen was back and Elizabeth, Elizabeth Mitchell. Mitchell, thank you. Um, First of all, still looks the same. Oh my gosh, I mean, she's Tim so Allen. Beautiful. Tim Allen looks extremely he great. Looks very good. He does, and but he she looks said, the exact same. Now, is he really sixty-eight? Uh, I think he's he's in his early sixties. I want to say he's sixty-two. Um, I'll look it up while okay. you're, you're still because chatting. Because he was he said it the other day in his, in the um show, yes. and I thought, wow, is he really? But I mean, you know, I grew up watching him on Tool Time and Home Improvement. Oh yeah. Sorry, I always get that. I'm like tool time with tool time, Tim. Tim Taylor. Taylor and, um, but yeah, and I just, I, I mean, so I figured he was around my daddy's age. He's actually 69 years old, and he is. That's crazy. And Elizabeth Mitchell is 52 years old, so he Santa wow. Claus is dating a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. And I think he said he was 68 in the actual he did series, but he just turned. 69 this past june yeah so they, maybe so they, they were filming prior to that prior. so they really were yeah. sticking to his true age yes i'm really enjoying it you know uh if you if you have not already and i posted this on social if you haven't listened to my brother's podcast the raise your game show go listen to uh let's see it would have been two episodes ago uh he had equity ben on who people are very familiar with. He's now a social media influencer. Uh, he was part of the Frozen sing-along. Everybody knows who Ben is. He was one of the best characters in that uh, great improv actor and all. But yes. he said, he, when talking about Disney, is that Disney banks on nostalgia. And not only in their parks and in their merchandise and stuff, but in things like this. This screams nostalgia up to the scene we played where he goes back to see Sarah, who's the one that got him the soy milk after the first year. Because he was lactose intolerant, yep. and he goes back to visit her. While many thirty years later, yeah. you know, she's now in her late thirties, and he's like, "Why are you not on my list? Why don't you believe anymore?" And from that moment, you get this nostalgia that we all loved back from the '92 movie, mm-hmm. down to Charlie being back, even if only for a oh brief scene. Oh my goodness, that was amazing! Like he's mm- married and got kids. Yeah, I it was it was just like as soon as you see him, you're like. Because I didn't know he, I didn't know he was going to be in it. I didn't either. Because they show the two new kids, Cal and Sandra, which is who um, Mrs. Claus had, in, had Santa Claus in Santa Claus three. So, which but I think Cal's hilarious. He he's is very dim-witted, he's but a funny. Cute kid yeah. too. Like his smile, he's got a great smile. And we'll, we'll get into it in a second because I just got certain vibes. Um, I don't believe we're going to see Curtis, but we know it has been told that we will see bernard at some point yeah david crumholtz and if you have watched episode four i think that is the hint oh my goodness we last night literally all of us were like Gasped. <gasps> and and it's not giving anything away That's because it. you don't see anyone you don't, you don't yeah, know what you happens don't know. but yeah nobody knows i just i, I love it and, and it's it's neat to see scott calvin getting back kind of to his roots but i also like the fact that he's not waiting to fall off a roof He's saying, look, I don't have it in me anymore. I've done it for a long time. I want to find the best possible candidate to pass this off to. Do you think that Sandra is going to be the next Santa Claus at the end of this? Because she seems the one that's most tied to everything. Yeah, because they're doing little things with her, I feel like. Like Cal's like ready to be... Like she hated leaving. She didn't want to yeah. leave. Yeah. She's like, no, I don't want to. And she, when they started to talk about something, she puts her head down. She's like, Pilot, don't throw up. Don't throw up. Yeah. And it's super funny. But... I think they might take a, a page out of Noelle's book. And maybe that's cool. what they end up doing. I mean, it would be neat. Do you, All right. Let's just say whatever happens, whether it's Cal Penn's character, who they're kind of trying to show that right now that they're, you know, the, the high tech guru guy. Um do you think, let's just say he becomes Santa Claus, which I don't think it's going to be. Let's just say that Cal does decide, you know what? I will be Santa Claus. I'm next in line. Let's just say that Sandra becomes Santa Claus. Let's just say that Noel, first of all, Noel is hilarious. His little elf sidekick. Oh, I love him. He's, he's got so that cute. deadpan humor. Mm-hmm. He is amazing. I like Betty too. Yes. Well, does Betty become, well, no, they said elves cannot become Santa. Mm-hmm. So we already know she's out. Do you want to see more? 
after the end of this, or do you want this to be the end what of if... the Santa Claus as we know it? Oh no, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I mean, golly, I mean, I hate to say it, if she really is Tim Allen's daughter, and I mean, he's got her in Disney. I'd watch it. I'd oh, watch more. Absolutely. I'd watch more with her becoming Santa Claus. Absolutely. The first, yeah, the first female Santa Claus in this universe. Well, because they're really, I really like, it's so cute because they, again, going back to, you know, the man does everything and then the wife, like she even says like she hasn't had a name for Yeah, Mrs. Claus, she's like Like, lost her complete identity. Yeah. And she starts, she starts to question like, who, who are the other Mrs. Clauses? You know, Mm -hmm. this guy fell off a roof. What happened to her? Did they have kids? Right. And it's somebody asked that on Twitter. They said they were, um, they're actually watching and they were like. You know, what happened to the previous Mrs. Claus and did that Santa have kids? And I just responded, I was like, you got to watch the Santa Clauses because it does cover that and explains it. And again, I find all that super interesting, this kind of behind the scenes and and I do too, because then when now they're gone right now from the North Pole and it's almost like everybody has something except Tim Allen or Scott Calvin. And, you know, it's he's kind of like, oh, and I, I do. I think it is a world where you know we can move forward i mean your parents are as old as my parents and your mom was a school teacher and worked her entire life of until she retired yeah. you know my mom didn't and that's the same age but the same and it's just because that's where the air was and the world has kind of been like that so it is okay it is okay for a woman to be like the main person, I yeah. think. I, I I think that would be a neat direction to yeah. take it. And and I would certainly watch more because I love the series. I'm really enjoying this one. Um, in the end, we'll see. Did it need six episodes, you know, as opposed what to one movie? Needs, so far, I feel like it has. I don't feel like there's more. been. Well, I don't feel like there's been a ton of, a ton of fluff. Yeah, that's true. You know, my only gripe with Santa Claus 2, and they had to do it in a certain amount of time frame where a series would have been better for Santa Claus 2, is how quickly she turned, where she's this, again, hard-nosed principal who can't, who, you know, is always after Charlie, doesn't like Scott Calvin really when she first meets him, but then all of a sudden is like, okay, I'm in love with you. That's the only thing. And again, I don't blame them because they had to do it in that short time period. Well, that could have been done over a series. She even referenced that in the new ones where she said, well, we fell in love in six minutes. Yeah, exactly. It was so funny. Like, it's just great. Like, I am fearful that this is because of like little things that I've just said about those. I unfortunately think this is the end. I do, too. And and I'll be okay with that as well. I will. I think it's going to be be sad, though. Like I, it wasn't something, you know, there's all in look, I, I know there's a, I've seen a lot of people that really dislike this series um, Really, and, and that's fine. You know, everybody can have their own opinion, but yeah, we are, true. we are of the type that are okay with the live action remakes. We're okay with the continuation of stories being told. This is bringing back a lot of memories of some of our favorite movies, which are the Santa Claus trilogy. And yeah. I think they're doing a really good job of it. So it's not going to be for everyone. Yeah. Um, it's certainly cheesy. It certainly has moments that maybe are a little cringy, but overall, I think they're doing a really good job. Yeah, I do too. So that is going to wrap it up for us of your must watch holiday movies and shows on Disney plus and beyond put, if you don't have Christmas with the cranks on your list, put it on your list. <laughs> um, four Christmases is actually a pretty good one. With Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. Oh, yeah, that was. I've only seen and John Favreau makes a wonderful appearance as Vince Vaughn's brother, which is really, really good. That's a fun one to watch. And I mean, if Christmas Vacation and Elf and, and some of those aren't already on your list, I don't know what you're doing with yourself. Make sure you watch. <laughs> All the movies. We're going to take our list. We're going to make sure we cross all these off uh, before December 25th. And hopefully you guys will too. As always, you can go ahead and comment on social media at Main ST Magic on all the major platforms. Let us know what you think of our list. Let us know what's missing. Let us know what some of your favorites are, including maybe your number one overall Christmas movie of all time, whether it's Disney or not. Of course, if you hit that subscribe button, you're going to get these brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. All the way through the holiday season, we do not plan on taking a day off. And we would love, as long as you're out there, if you could please leave us a rating and review as our Christmas present. Because it'll help our show grow. That's all we've got. 
We'll see you real soon. Out on the third planet closest to the sun, there's a special celebration, and it sounds quite fun. A jolly old fellow brings toys to everyone on a holiday they call Christmas. That's perfect. Good. Beezer. Good job. Now, I'm not going to lie. It oh, makes more. no sense to me. But here's what I've discovered about this Christmas mystery. I'm super busy. Is this, is this a long song? One, two, three, four. Santa is a furry freak with epic superpowers. He flies to every human home in under 14 hours. He's a master burglar. No. A pro at picking locks. No. If you don't leave milk and cookies out, he will put dung in your socks. That is not part of the lore at all. If you act nicely through the night and don't jump on your bed, Santa comes with sugar plums and hurls them at your head. But if you're on his naughty list, he shoots missiles at your toes. He might just roast your chestnuts with his powerful flamethrower. No, he doesn't have a flamethrower. Rain, 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 rain. It's kind of cool. Dear, 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 dear. I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. His creepy elves to do his every wish. One sought to be a dentist, now he's sleeping with the fish. Mrs. Claus, she works the pole, plans her man's demise. No! Soon the elves will all rise up and stab out Santa's eyes.